everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Portugal podcast, where today we're going to be chatting about the Portuguese teams in Europe ahead of some key Champions League and Europa League clashes. And I'm joined by the wonderful Portuguese pundit, Isaac Marquez. How are you, Isaac? Not too bad, not too bad. Looking forward for the game tonight, so... Well, let's start there. Probably the biggest game of the week in terms of Portuguese sides in Europe, sporting with a great chance of progressing in what seemed like an impossible group, but it's not the best Juventus side we've seen in recent years. They look a mile apart from the side that just reached the final. Just how realistically can Sporting go to Turin and get something? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see I don't see us play for for the win. I think I mean knowing what what, what Sporting's manager is like, knowing what Jorge Jesus is like. If you watch the match we played against Barcelona, you'll see what he's going to try and do. Um, he, he, he likes to defend against those big teams. He just likes to sort of um, uh, nullify, I would say, nullify the, um, well, the attacking force of those clubs, such as Juventus and Barcelona. Of course, we know it's going to be a, a very a very tough task to go to in and get a point. But if I'm going to be honest, um, I think I actually reckon that we could get a draw, a point there. But I'm not very confident on the win. No, no, no. So I mean, if we can get a point, and I'll be, I'll really be, I'll be buzzing because I think. You know, in Lisbon, we can do. We, we can actually go for the win, and Barcelona only beat us at Alvalade with a known goal in the second half. So I think, uh, you know, it's all there to play for. Uh, we just have to make sure we defend well against the likes of Vabala and and Higuain. You know, the, the the great names they have. You know, in the, in, the, in the, especially in the, in attack, but also the rest of the team. They've got a great defence. Is it a good time to play Juventus? They're coming off the back of losing to Lazio in that stadium. And the Juventus having to go back into that stadium on the back of a loss—is it a good time to play them? Um, I think so. I mean, I think it's the best time, to, best time to play them, to be honest. Um, knowing that Dybala missed the penalty in the last second, well, literally the last kick of the game, uh, we might hope that his morale is not, you know, is not as good as it should be or as it could be. Uh, Juventus—they—they've they, got the pressure on their shoulders now that they have to get a result now, you know, for the fans because obviously they are home again. It's the Champions League. They know that if they don't win tonight. Um, they're in danger of not qualifying. Let's be honest, because Sporting are not a, an easy team to beat. And you know, last season was the same thing. The same thing happened with uh, with uh, Real Madrid and uh, with uh, Dortmund. Uh, it was you know very narrow wins. Real Madrid beat us twice in the 89th minute. Barcelona beat us now one nil on a, with an own goal in the second half. And Juventus know it. And Juventus know that Sporting can defend well against these big teams. And I think it's the, the exactly the right time to play them because if if they attack isn't feeling as confident as they should, I think we have a good, you know, maybe a good chance to try and play the counter um, and make the most out of their mistakes to go forward. Now, let's talk a little bit about how Sporting are going to enter this game. We, we saw in the first two group games that um, we saw Dumbia start up front ahead of Bastos, which was a bit of a surprise to you when it was first announced. But obviously, Dumbia is now injured. How do you expect things to change? Um, I'm not sure, because obviously he's trained, he's in the squad, but we know that he's been injured since the Barcelona game. Um, I'm not sure if if George Jesus is gonna want to take the risk, and maybe you know get him injured again and, and make him sit out for 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 even longer than he should do. Um, but unfortunately, knowing our manager, although I, I like seeing Dumbia up front because he's uh, you know he's got a lot of strength, he's very fast, and he can finish it. You know he's got a great record in the Champions League with I think 16 goals in about 29 games, which is which is fantastic. But we've got Bas Dost. He's not in fantastic form uh, like last season, but we might need him. I think we might. I would prefer to have Baz Dost in this game, to be honest with you. Um, Juventus have a great defence. Uh, I, I think it will be hard for for Dumbia 
to to try and explore uh, like for you know moments of the game where he can use his his, his space and his speed. Uh, I think we're going to be launching a few balls into the box. And Bars Dost, he's six foot six, I believe, so he's got a great heading game. I think maybe he should be the one to start. But knowing George Jesus, he's very stubborn, and I think he's going to start with Dumbia. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't dive again. <laughs> let's hope not, yeah, and gets injured especially. Now, it's a very old experience, we must say, Juventus backline. Buffon, Chiellini, you know, all those favourites. Can you see Sporting going to Turin and scoring a goal? Um, it's, not looking, it's not looking fantastic for us. We haven't scored a goal in three of the last five games. Uh, although, of course, one of them was a 0-0 draw against Porto. The other one, we lost 1-0 to Barcelona. And the other one was a League, a league Cup match against uh, Maritimo, which finished 0-0 as well. So it's fair to say our games have been pretty boring lately, but it's a whole different game now. And um, as I said uh, a couple of minutes ago, I think uh, we will play in, on, a, on a counter. We could score, if obviously, if we, if we manage to finish our chances. We had a couple of chances against Barcelona. Bazdos had a great chance. He passed it to the side. We shouldn't have, but it is what it is. It's time. And um, yeah, I mean, I think if we if we manage to play well on the counter, I don't see why not because we know there it's a very experienced defense, but they've got a lot of years on their legs as well. Mm. And with Jocelyn Martins, Bruno Fernandes, especially even Marcus Acuna, they're very fast players. I guess on the wing we can use that pace maybe to launch some crosses into the box so that either Baz Dost or Dumbia can use their strength to just put it away. And we will expect Juventus to have a lot of the ball in this game, considering they are the home side. Very experienced team, as we said. Who scares you the most in the Juventus team? Well, I have to say Dybala. Obviously, if his if his one, if, if if his morale is back up from that penalty, he can do it all because he can he can make the team play. He's got great feet. He can shoot. Um, his movements are really good as well. Of course, Higuain and he's a he's a great striker. But I think I think our defense can deal with him. Um, Knowing, for example, Kovac is the he, he plays in South America as well. He's used to to playing against uh, Higuain and and strikers like him, basically. But I think Dybala is the main threat. He's, he's going to be the main threat surely, and uh, we have to have a, a very very close uh, look at him and just make sure he doesn't get much of the ball. Well, we saw Juventus in the in the previous game at home to Olympia. Of course, actually took them seventy five minutes to score, and that was with Higuain, who started the game on the bench, coming on. So we could be thrown with a you know, some more surprises from the Juventus side of things. But overall, what is, what is your score prediction for the game? Uh, first of all, I just want to say, obviously, I, I don't know how Juventus took so long to score against Olympiacos because I saw a lot of a lot of problems in their defence when he played against, they played against us. Uh, their defence was all over the place. A very high line, but they can't defend it. Uh, the, the, the defensive line was so high and they were all so slow to recover. So, because I, I, I was watching Sporting's game, so I couldn't really watch Juventus' game uh, to see what happened. But it's going to be a very different game. And uh, the prediction for today, uh, it's, it's tough, but I, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Juventus or, or possibly a 1-1. One, one. I don't think there's going to be many goals in this match. Well, 1-0 wouldn't be too bad, it considering you host them in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, that's So that's right. not too bad. And with Olympiacos going away to Barcelona, do you expect there to be some form of European football at Sporting in the new year? Yeah, 100%. Uh, there's no excuse Last year there was no excuse, and we, we somehow found a way to bottle it to to Leisure Vassal. So there was no excuse to that. Um, I think if we if we keep doing what we're doing right now, uh, if we don't, well, if George Jesus doesn't, you know, go to well host Olympiacos and decides to play a three five two like he did against uh, 
against Leisure. I think it will be fine. At least third place, I think it's... I mean, of course, it was unfortunate to concede two goals right in the end against Olympiacos. It could have been... It would have been great for our for our head-to-head uh, if we had won 3-0. But I think it's... Uh, I won't say safe because it's football. You never know what's going to happen in the Champions League. But... Um, in my opinion, we've got a great chance to at least be playing fo- uh, European football, even if it is Europa League, in the new year. Now, just to Isaac, personally, as a sporting fan, mm-hmm. just touch on what it's like to see your team play against the likes of Barcelona, play against the likes of Juventus, and not just play against them, compete with them as well, because the Barcelona game was very, very tight. Um, I mean, as a sporting fan, obviously, I live... I live the club basically. That's what I do. Um, I've been supporting the club throughout my entire life. I can say that the mentality at the club is is very much like one of the you know the mentality you should have at the biggest clubs in Europe. And um, if there is one thing I've always hated was two seasons ago when we fell to Europa League. Uh, Georges Jesus playing against well Skanderbeg and uh, likes of Lokomotiv Moscow with a with sort of a reserve squad. You know, no Rui Patricio, no William Carvalho, no one, and um, it, that really, really annoyed me because our our founder, our founder Jose Alvalade, the person that gives our stadium the name, when he founded the club, he said, uh, "I want Sporting to be, uh, I want Sporting to be great, as great as the biggest clubs in Europe, and we have to, we we have to play to be the one of the greatest clubs in Europe right now. Obviously, we know that we don't have the financial uh, possibilities that other clubs have uh, in England and Spain." Uh, we don't have the following that other clubs may have because there's no, there's not much exposure for our league as well. There isn't the quality in most teams in our league that we've got. Let's say four or five clubs that can compete in, you know, in Europe, not Champions League, you know, per se, but obviously the Europa League as well. But it feels good to, to have um, Barcelona, Juventus, Dortmund, Real Madrid coming to Alvalade, seeing the stadium being sold out. Um, but it feels even better to be able to compete against them. But I'm pretty sure it will be the best feeling ever if we manage to get a win against them. Because obviously, we've been so close so many times that it gets a bit. It's a bit frustrating now to go and, and concede a known goal and lose, or concede a goal in the ninetieth minute and lose. So I think it's time, you know, to stop with a celebrating narrow defeats and trying in just trying to 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 push for the actual win for the three points because that's what we need. Uh, coefficient wise, we need it as well. Um, it's not good to be put for like we were this season. I mean, it is what it is. Well, you've had had some bad luck in the in the Champions League draws recently, haven't we, you? We, yeah, of course. But as you see, I mean, we we were well man, we were well, um, uh, in position to to battle against Real Madrid, for example, last year. Yeah, two one, two one. Both both times we lost two one in the final minutes. Uh, Dortmund was a two one and one nil. If I'm yeah, it was one nil and two one. And um, I think that you see if. If we, were, if we could push a bit harder, if we stopped with the mentality that they're better than us or we're just going to defend, I think we could do something here. Because obviously, if we look, you watch our game um, at Real Madrid. We did very well. We, we didn't just defend. We didn't just sit back and park the bus. No, we went for it. We, we said, do you know what? Let's try it. We have got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And we were leading the game until, what, the 86, 87th minute? Then George Jesus got sent to the stands. Um, not saying he has any, any influence in a, in a match result, in a final result. But, you know, the final five minutes killed us. And I think that's the difference between those clubs and Sporting and Benfica and Porto. They've got the experience. They've got the composure. They're losing 1-0. They've got five, six minutes. They're playing at home. They've got the composure to, you know what, let's not panic. Um, there's still time. We, You know, if we get a goal now, 
uh, the, their defense is gonna is gonna crumble up a bit, and maybe we can get the second goal. And that's the experience we need, probably as um, the experience and the composure we need. Well, us and I say us sporting, I mean all Portuguese clubs, because it happens too many times. You know, you look at Benfica losing two. Uh, what well, the Europa League final against Chelsea in the night, second minute, same thing. You know they crumbled a bit in defence. Um, they lost concentration. Boom, that happens. So I think it's just that little experience, that you know, big club mentality. I think we have when we're playing at, um, in Portugal. But when we go away and see clubs with more money than us, maybe we we should start thinking. Do you know what? Money isn't everything. We can tell in the studio here, Isaac's very excited about tonight's game, but yeah. also a little bit nervous too. It's a big game, Juventus against Sporting. Isaac, one word answer, is it the biggest game of your season? No. He says no. Well, no. I'm sure it'll be the biggest win of the season if they win. Possibly, but it's hard to say. Still a long season ahead. If by any means we, um, we've got Benfica in the I think second to last fixture of the season at home, if that game is the title decider and we win it, then I'm pretty sure that's going to be the biggest game and biggest win of the season. I don't think Benfica are going to be in a title race the yeah, way things are going. We might need the three points, you know. Yeah, I mean? that's very, very true, very true. So, yes, uh, Juventus Sporting tonight in the Champions League. And from one team competing with Barcelona and Juventus in Lisbon to another team losing 5 0 to Basel in Lisbon, uh, Benfica. Right. They host Manchester United. We're tonight. not taking a dig at anyone here. Let's just make it clear. I'm not going to take a dig at anyone. <laughs> Look. But, you know, <laughs> what is going on? They, uh, I mean, from, from what I've seen, newspapers yeah. and everything, they're fielding a 17, well, 18-year-old goalkeeper against Manchester United now. I see every sort of problem there. Because obviously, well, Julio says he's not fit. He's never fit. Is he ever fit? I don't think so. He's, he's a granddad, basically. We've got Bruno Varela. He made a mistake, but I don't think he's that bad of a keeper. That, you know, for one mistake, he's got to be pushed out of the squad already. And apparently he's going out alone or sold in January for one mistake. They're having Spillar in goal. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but as you know, I told you last last night, Jose signing goal is not going to end well against Leipzig. And no, damn, I was right. So. Well, we'll come on to Porto a little bit later, but let's let's look at Benfica's campaign so far. Two losses. Uh, the first game where they where they hosted CSKA, really, that's a big blow in terms of coefficient losing at home to a Russian side. Yeah. And then losing 5 0 in Basel. I know they had 10 men for a spell in that game, but that was awful. That is not There's no excuse. excuse for losing 5 0 to Basel, is there? And as a Portuguese person as well, that must be a bit embarrassing to see that scoreline. It was, because I'm, like, I'm the sort of person who's always defending our league. I'm always saying we might not have, you know, might not have a lot of fans or 30,000 fans uh, at every club, but you know, there's some quality there. And then I see that. And I mean, against CSK, they had um, a bit of bad luck, I guess, with a penalty that you know, touched his arm, but his arm was close to his body. You know, that for a decision, but, you know, we, they have to take it. And um, CSK scored a goal from that penalty. But against Basel, it was just too bad to be true. When I, when I looked at the scores, I couldn't believe it. I was like, 5-0, what is going on? It's crazy, isn't it? It was It's ridiculous. crazy, and of course, Almeida is suspended for that game as well, so there's even more problems at the back for them. It is, yeah, it, it, it is bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. With everyone available, it's, the defence is already a problem. Now, let alone with injuries, with uh, suspensions... It's just, it's not going well. I think Benfica really have to, I mean, if they qualify for any sort of European football for next year, as in Europa League, third place, or, or I'm not even sure about top two anymore, they really need to fix up that defence, spend some money, because they made over 100 million euros uh, in, in sales. There's someone, they only spent five mil. I don't think that's going to take them to, uh, that's not going to take them anywhere, especially in Europe. You can't do that. Do you think it's a matter of, how many goals will United score tonight? 
I think it's tough because Mourinho he's just played against Liverpool at Anfield and Benfica had um, a match in the cup on Friday um, was it Friday I believe or which they narrowly Saturday? won yeah they narrowly and if you look at the team it wasn't like let's see Sporting they literally rotated the whole team Benfica still had a, a few of you know the first team players in it and they just won 1-0 and I'm not going to lie I've heard a lot of Benfica fans are friends of mine saying that they were not happy at all with the performance uh, they had a match played uh, Stadio Algarve which is where the national team plays a lot of the games so there's no excuse with a, with a pitch with anything I don't know what's going on but I'm not going to lie to you I think there's something going on in the locker rooms in the change rooms that you know obviously it's not going to come out because the players or the manager they don't want it to come out to the media I think there's something wrong but Man United I think it's it's just a matter of how fatigued they are because if, if they're fine if Mourinho plays a full full strength squad maybe 2-3-0 I don't think it's going to be a thrashing 6-0, 5-0. I don't think that's going to happen again, simply because Benfica are out. If it was Old Trafford, maybe this all would be different. Do you see any chance for Benfica getting anything in this game? And the crucial thing is, Benfica could win this game, but could quite easily still go out in this group. That's how far behind they already are. Every team's won a game, apart from them. And Benfica have got two games against Manchester United coming up. So even if they win tonight, do you see very little chance of them qualifying? Um, yeah, I do, because... I mean, unless Mourinho decides to to just give the Portuguese clubs a chance, because unless unless he, if he decides that you know what, I want to get eighteen points, then it's over. Honestly, it's <laughs> over because Benfica they need something. Obviously, they're playing at home. If they get a bit lucky, a penalty maybe or a red card from Man United, you know, maybe they could get a point. But I don't see them winning at all. I could be horribly wrong, and uh, honestly, I hope I am just. Because Portugal needs, we need the points. We need the points in the coefficient. We can't have Russia ahead of us. So obviously, I want all the Portuguese clubs to go through and win. But you, you can't be thrashed by five 0 by Basel. So I think Man United players, there's one problem with him that might be a problem this game. That is overconfidence. Mm. If they think they go in into the into the match um, thinking we've already won before the match has kicked off, that might be a problem. Benfica's got some good players, but they're also struggling with a lot of injuries. So, I don't know. They have to be careful. Man United have to be careful with Benfica. They're dangerous mm -hmm. attacking, but they're very weak defensively this season, at least they are, yeah. Well, Man United are very good defensively as well. Ten games, eight yeah. clean sheets with the Hayer in goal, and we saw what a save he made yeah, exactly. at the weekend. He talk about the coefficient there, but never mind the Champions League. Are Benfica even good enough to get in the Europa League in this group at the moment? Um, it's hard to say, really, because um, obviously they, they've wasted a great chance to get three points against CSK at home. So they have to get a result in Russia, which is always going to be tough. Um, playing in Russia is tough for any club, really. Um, so I think unless they really you know, get a move on and start defending well and um, improve their defence, I think Rui Vittoria should just get all the players in defence in training and just you know, try and make all of them defend at this point in time because they can't defend for their lives. Um, they need to win against CSKA in Russia. They have to, absolutely have to. And they need to beat Basel. That's 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 it. If they beat those two clubs, they might have a little chance with the six points. Uh, yes, but if they play like they have been playing, there's no way. No. Well, deep down, Isaac is absolutely loving every second of seeing Benfica <sighs> fall apart. It's a bit. It's, it's a bit hard because obviously we need the coefficient. Because I hate being, you know, going to the playoffs. You love this, second. but I do love seeing them lose. I can't deny it. But yeah, it, true sporting fan. Ah, uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm broken here. Because I, I need Portugal to get points, but I need to see Benfica lose. It's, and obviously, above all, I want Sporting to get points there. So 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be a busy, busy evening. Well, a, a team who also needs points, a Porto. Now, yeah. Porto obviously played a game extra because they played last night. They played Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig were bottom, and now they're second. It's a crazy old group, what's going on there. That but group is just so close. It's, 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 we said when the draw came after the group stage, probably the hardest group to predict. Yeah. Anyone could have won that group, and Besiktas exactly. have won every game. So you'd assume they're through. I wasn't expecting that. That's crazy. And you've got a couple of Portuguese gems in there as well. Do you know what? I think the biggest surprise right now is Monaco with one point. I think it has to be Monaco one point. They, If I'm not mistaken, they were in the semi-final last year. Yeah. And but they got, sold their team. Yeah, that's that's the problem. You see, like I mean, Benfica. Pretty much. That's a good point. But the thing is, Monaco are made of money, basically. Mm. They, they've got a lot of money. You know, Benfica, obviously, they've got money, but they've, they've also got a lot of uh, debts they have to cover for. And the league is not as attractive. You look at Ligue 1. They've got Neymar. They've got, well, Mbappe, obviously. They sold Mbappe. Yep. You've got Cavani there. You've got Draxler. You've Falcao. Got Falcao, Moutinho. You've got great players there, world-class players there. And just the fact that they didn't, they didn't strength, strengthen the squad enough. But still, I don't think that's an excuse to have one point. And, for example, lose 3-0 at home to Porto. Although Porto are a great team, don't get me wrong. But I see all sorts of problems with Monaco to be honest. But this group is just wide open. It will go to the final day, I believe. That's what I think. Yeah. And you, I wouldn't be surprised if Besiktas lost in the next three games. I well, wouldn't. Well, <laughs> it's very close. And, and Porto lost 3-2 to Leipzig yesterday. It could have been 5 or 6-2 because Porto were not good yesterday. Leipzig deserved That's the points. Point. Porto were very lucky to only be 3-2 down at half-time. Although I like the second half, though. I think Porto did a lot yeah, better in the second half. But it was too half. little too late. Yeah, of course. Brahimi wasn't at his best. Nah. Abubakar, three goals in three games in the Champions League this season. Porto's defence was all over the place as well, unfortunately. Marcano, although he didn't make up for Made it up for it, goal, yeah. but still. Uh, Jose Sa, I don't understand. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. Why? Casillas was obviously dropped for the cup game, which Porto won very comfortably. But he played a third division side. That's the difference. Why would he continue with the keeper? Because the keeper is at fault for the first goal. Yeah, He's definitely. built it. Why, why would you think Casillas was dropped? Look, I'm, I'm a big fan of the goalkeeper position. I've been a goalkeeper. I know it's hard to go into a match... A big match when you're not expecting to play, but the manager, right? And I don't understand what Sergio Conceição was trying to do. Um, it's a massive match. I know he's, he was a bit, com- well, a bit. He was very confident, really, after the three-nil win against Monaco. Um, they didn't concede any goals against Sporting. They won quite comfortably against uh, Lusitano in the cup. Obviously, they yeah. were semi-pros. Six-nil. Yeah, six now. I don't understand. What was the point of that? Why did you bench Gazias? I don't Yeah, know. that's the thing. We're not talking about benching Varela. Yeah. We're talking about benching the guy who's won the World Cup. This the Ica is the, He's the player with the most appearances in a Champions League. Like in the history. Like, <laughs> it's I was, crazy. I don't I don't I don't understand. When I saw the starting eleven, I thought that was a mistake. I honestly I thought that was a mistake. I thought, do you know what? They just copied the team from the cup and probably pasted it onto the Champions League <laughs> and they forgot to change the keeper. I honestly thought that was it. But clearly not. Sergio Conceição came out after the game saying, I would have played the exact same 11. Obviously, he couldn't, couldn't... Well, he's going to have to defend himself yeah, there. he can't say anything different from that because obviously the players would resent from it as well. But, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jose Sá has got potential, but he's not ready for these sort of games, especially away in Germany where Porto have had a pretty bad history since 2004 when they won the Champions League there. Mm-hmm. They've had a pretty bad record there. And to play Jose Sá, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Three points from three games. Yeah. Are Porto in a good position at the moment? They could be. In my opinion, yes, because they've got two home games. They've got two home games. And they've, funnily enough, they actually won. The game they won was probably the most difficult game when the draw came out. Monaco yeah. away. Exactly. And they love beating Monaco, beating Monaco 3-0, don't they? 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting that 3-0 at all, mate. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. Uh, I was very surprised, to be honest. But I think they're in a good position. Um, the three points... If you look at Leipzig, they've got four points. Right? Mm. But I just think... Because Leipzig have two away games now. Well, they go to the Dragao next, of yeah, course. they've got to the Dragao. They've also got to win that. And uh, they're, also got, well, they're also going to Monaco. Mm. Although Monaco haven't been great. But, you know, they're always a threat. We can't, we can't write off Monaco. Um, can we write off Monaco for qualify or qualification like top two? Possibly. Because Porto, Besiktas and Leipzig are all very strong this season. They're all very strong. But I think Porto will qualify. I honestly think they're going to get second to Besiktas? Place. I think so. Yeah. I actually think Besiktas is going to win the group and then Porto. What do you make of Besiktas with, with Pep, with Charisma, with Taliska? Charisma. What a man! I'm sorry. I tell you what, some of the crosses he's put into the box for the, in this Champions League campaign have been yeah. unbelievable. He's done one on the outside I'm, of his boot. It's I'm, crazy. I'm telling you, in my opinion, Charisma is the best crosser of the ball in world football today. At 34 years old? At 40, uh, 34, 44, 54. I don't care how old <laughs> he is. His crossing ability is out of this world. He's fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, he decided to go to Turkey. <laughs> It could, it's, well, it could, boy, he's, he's winning Champions well, League matches. Yeah, but he could still be doing it, you know, in a bigger league, in my opinion. Uh, I think, well, obviously, in the start of his career, when he left Sporting to Barcelona, he was way too young. And then Chelsea blew his chance at Chelsea. He didn't do too bad at Inter Milan. I think he yeah. was. I, I think the media made it look worse than it really was. But Quaresma, at, at the age of 34, I still think he's a he's a player that could change so many teams at the moment. Do you think Quaresma? Never fulfilled his potential. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm t- like honestly, I think if Quaresma had, um, I won't say the luck, but if he had a manager like Sir Alex Ferguson at the start of his career, it would have been. I'm not going to say as good as Ronaldo because obviously we can't compare it. Looking at what Ronaldo has done in his career, but it could very well be, you know, in, at least in the, in the short list for Ballon d'Ors and uh, stuff because it was f- it was phenomenal when he was at Sporting, he won the mm-hmm. league with us. Um, he's always had a great feat. Uh, He's always been able to put the ball where 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 he wants with uh, the outside of his foot, and um, now at the age of 34, we can see what he's doing. Not only for for Besiktas but for the national team. You know, he can come on or even start the game and just change the pace of the game when he wants. Do what he wants with the ball. I think Quaresma he, he could have done he could have done better. Although we can't say his career wasn't unsuccessful, of course. But yeah, it could have been uh, maybe regarded as one of the best wingers to ever play for Portugal. How many Portuguese teams do you think are going to advance to the last 16 of the Champions League? Realistically, one. Porto. I'm going to be very realistic here. I have to be... Uh, I have to be realistic. Is one a good achievement? No. Is one into the last 16 a good achievement? No, because Benfica should be going through. Uh, they, I mean, they had the obligation to go through in that group. Uh, sporting, I'm not taking anything less than the Europa League. Uh, of course, we have Juventus in Barcelona, which is different from having Cesca and Basel. Uh, Porto's group is just wide open. Like when when it, when it was drawn out, we we talked about this. We said this group is the only group where you can't predict who's going to go. Exactly, through, and it's proven through. to be that way. Exactly. So I'm very disappointed with how Benfica are doing. Uh, regarding Sporting, I think depending on today's tonight's result, um, depending on tonight's result, we'll see where they finish. But I'm not very confident about going through in the second. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Honesty there. You know when you're praising Benfica, you're being honest. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of my <laughs> traits. <laughs> so Isaac thinks one team are going to make it through in the Champions League. But what about the Europa League? Portugal got two teams in that competition, um, Braga and Gimeres. Yeah. And Braga, who many people thought had a, 
very difficult group, considering the standard of the Europa League, have beaten Hoffenheim. Now, what do you what do you make of that? I'm very surprised, actually. I mean, although they are doing very well in the league, their last league match finished six 0 against mm. Estoril. Uh, they've got a good they've got a good attack. They can defend. They've got Ricardo's guy who left Sporting to Sporting Braga, and he's doing amazing. Most assists in the league. Yeah, he's he's been amazing on the right. He's just running the right flank like he can do it all. Um, I think Braga have a really good chance of at least making the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Honestly, That's a big statement. It is, but I honestly think they can make the quarterfinals there. I don't see them not qualifying at this point in time. Um, they can't, I'm, six I'm not, points out of six for them. If I'm yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they were losing to Bazakashi at last um, last yeah. time out, and they turned it around, which shows how good this team is uh, when it comes to to mentality and when it comes to composure. And they've beat Offenheim in Germany, which yeah. is, you know, by far the most surprising result they've got in this season. Uh, so, yeah, I think look, the things are looking very good to Braga, really. And there's the two teams have beaten who uh, dropped out the Champions League qualifying. Yeah, exactly, which is, again, surprising. I wasn't expecting that from Braga, but they're doing a great job. Um, the manager is doing a great job with the team he has. Uh, and to be honest, I'm really happy to see um, Braga doing so well in Europa League. And now they're hosting Ludogorets. I think that's that's another at least one point they're getting from that. I don't see them losing at home to Ludogorets. So I'm hoping it's a win. So Portugal, so Portugal can possibly get more points in the uh, coefficient. But Braga are looking very good, very strong indeed. And they did lose a few players in the summer. They lost. Well, they decided to get rid of Stojkovic, which I, I couldn't really understand. Yeah. And and uh, Font went to Fulham. So yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, strange. Font. It was a crucial player last year for for Braga. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he scored over ten. I think it was twelve or thirteen goals, something around those figures. And uh, obviously, leaving to leaving to Fulham, Braga made a lot of money. Well, let's say a lot of money when we're talking about the teams, teams like Braga and, and Guimaraes, who don't have the exposure other clubs have. So I think it was roughly nine million euros, which is great for Braga. Mm-hmm. Um, but they managed to come back very well to put up a great team. They managed to to get Jefferson from Sporting, Esgaio from Sporting. When they sold Bataglia, they got those two players mm-hmm. in exchange. And Pinto. Mm. Yeah, Andrew Pinto. But Andrew Pinto was a different subject because he was out of contract. So mm. they've got a good keeper, um, a great manager. Yep. Uh, and they've got Hassan up front, who he does the job pretty well so when he's fit. Yeah. So he's oh, going to the World Cup, of course. <laughs> not sure how you feel about that, but I, I think Braga doing well. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think if Benfica don't fix up their defence. Third place is there for the. So I'm a big statement. Another big. I'm a man of big statements. But of course, third place <laughs> won't get you into the Champions League. Yeah, not anymore. But let's let's be honest. I think any Braga fan will be happy to brag about third place today of Kimara's rivals. Well, I'm sure they wish it was third place in the last few seasons. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and finally, but not least, uh, Gimaraes, other Portuguese team in Europe. Uh, yes, tough how, match. How are they competing against European sides? Tough man. I mean, last time out against, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Konya Spore. Yes. Last time out. Uh, got a bit lucky. Um, but again... Any hope against Marseille? Don't think so. Uh, I, I have to be honest, because they're not looking as strong as uh, as Braga. They're not looking at nowhere near as strong as Braga, unfortunately, for, for, for Portuguese football. In the league, they're looking okay, but sometimes they have... You know, I'm not sure if it's fatigue. I'm not sure if they're... Because it's been... Well, it's been a while since... It's been a while. When I say a while, I think it's been about three years since they've made uh, the Europa League group stage. They've had a few issues. I mean, one point in two games, it's, it's not really 
fantastic, is it? It's not a disaster, though. It's not a disaster because, you know, they're still... The second place got three points. First place got four. One win can take you, well, to second place quite easily. The thing is, you have to see you're playing Marseille away. Mm. They've got a great team. They've got a great team. They have, but it's not a great Marseille side. They, they drew to Strasbourg, who just came up yeah. in the weekend. They've they've had a few sticky results in the league. Uh, Rudy Garcia, still not on side with the fans. Can, can Guimaraes cause an upset? I'm honestly... It'd be a great win for Portuguese football if they did. Yeah, of course, but if you look at Guimaraes, they're not looking fantastic either. They, were, they lost the last home game. Well, the, sorry, the last league game. They lost to Belenenses, 1-0. Um, obviously, they were unlucky against Konyaspor, as I said, losing 2-1. Uh, obviously, they got that point against Red Bull Salzburg at home. Mm. Uh, I was expect. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting a win against us. Uh, yeah. uh, but a it's a bit of an unknown side. quantity when you're playing the sort of the champions of a league, who are used to winning games. Yeah, it's different. Obviously, it's different. But if I'm gonna be honest, I don't think I don't expect them to qualify. I expect mm. them to finish third. Uh, nothing against them, of course. Um, they're a team that I look. I, I look at and and I think they're a good club. They've got. Fantastic uh, support, great fans, but the team this season, at least, I don't think it's competitive enough to put up a, a good fight in both Europa League and the league. It's just my opinion, but obviously, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope so, but I'm not very confident of that. You know, looking at their their form, looking at the, the team itself, really. You know, we look at the last away games. I'm not going to talk about the cup because obviously those shouldn't even count. <laughs> I guess amateur sides. Um, they lost three. They drew one in the last four away games. It's not. It's not a good record. You want to take the Europa League, is it? Yeah, especially when you're playing against teams like Marseille. Yeah, exactly. But of course, you hope they prove you wrong. I hope. To. Yeah, I hope so. Definitely hope so. Because we need the points. That's it. Right. So there we go. There's your roundup on all the Portuguese sides in Europe. Uh, a big thank you to Isaac yeah. for coming on um, this first ever podcast, and he'll be on plenty more in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so. Thanks to everyone for listening to this, and thanks again to uh, Isaac for coming on. Yeah, thanks. That's all right. Hopefully, we'll do a lot more in the future. <laughs> he's gonna go and put his sporting shirt on now. Of course, I have to. I have to <laughs> scarf everything. His lucky charms. His lucky. Uh, I've got my green smoke pots. Yeah, ready, smoke so. pots. <laughs> um, I think there's no doubting who's got the better fans in that game. Yeah, but, definitely. Come on. Uh, all the best at sporting, and thanks for listening. Uh, thank you.